All right, all right, all right. Day 183. Welcome back to the Windows of Ears podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, uh, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we're in uh, Isaiah 41 to 44 today. And um, man, we started last time talking about this great transition this great shift in the narrative uh 40 to 55 is this big block uh, of comfort and hope uh which extends to the end of the book as well and it continues the theme of restoration uh in this new exodus god will use to display his restoration hope and comfort for his people right people of god are in exile according to this text and this text was spoken at that time and so in chapter 41 the thing god is trying to get across to his people is that he is the one who will rise up as a warrior right to defend and fight for his people against the nations right god gets this warrior like language and imagery uh in line with the militaristic culture of the ancient near east right so the, the ancient near east was this uh militaristic fighting battle culture and god takes on those same uh characteristics in in, in scripture because he's the one who's actually fighting for his people in the midst of this uh tumultuous time right so it says be silent before me coasts and islands and let peoples renew their strength let them approach let them testify let them come or let's come together for the trial listen the prophets often use courtroom like language to indict the guilty party or parties before god right so he even does this isaiah chapter one against israel right it's, it's something called the covenant lawsuit in academic terms right so god here is going to act as this judge and as the defendant right so so he uses he talks about the coasts and the islands in verse one and in verse five to represent the ends of the earth. Right. So this this message is a worldwide message. Right. A worldwide plan, worldwide message. Um, and he goes and he says um, he, he's going to expand on things he's mentioned earlier about Yahweh's supremacy. Right. Over the nations and the gods of the nations. And the, the heart of what he wants to get at is this. He wants to get at who he is, right? Remember, what God does is always an overflow of who God is, right? So that's why it's so important to know who God is, right? Because everything he does is an overflow of who he is. So in this text, he is the one who stirs up someone from the east, right? Interesting. Whom he will hand nations over to, right? He will allow him to subdue kings and in context this is king cyrus of persia right that conquered babylon and he is the one king cyrus of persia that allowed israel to come back into the land right he is the one who oh so so god is the one <laughs> excuse me is the one who rules the world right he is the first and the last the beginning and the end as the text will get at and he goes on to show that no no like i'm the one true god he's going to do that over and over and the only alternative if we don't choose to submit to him is to an idol right which the nations have chosen to give themselves to and this is why he talks about the iron and metal worker right god is not just like dissing uh <laughs> certain occupations but certain religions right you see what i'm saying so so god is saying no no like the iron and the metal worker people were actually making gods right so he's he's dissing them to say like no no like i am this unmade god and and there is no rival to me something we've gotten at a ton and he contrasts the nations with israel look what he says he says this about Israel, but he's saying it about you as well. He says, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend. I love it. I brought you from the ends of the earth and called you from its farthest corners. And I said to you, you are my servant. I've chosen you. I haven't rejected you. Listen, the people of God go into exile and um, they, they, they are scattered to the ends of the earth. And so this is what God is saying. I'm going to bring you back. Right. I'm going to call you from the ends of the earth. I haven't forgotten you. I haven't rejected you. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to go back 
to the covenant I made with Abraham. He's like, yo, we go way back right before Israel technically even existed. He's like, I had you in mind as mine long before I was yours. Right. Like God is saying, no, no. he says the same thing to us today. He says, no, I had you in mind as mine long before I was yours. And this was all based on my eternal promises. Listen, God, this is good news for us. God doesn't forget us because he doesn't forget his promises, right? He will help his people, right? He will not abandon his people. And I love it because this text shows God's intimacy and God's power. On one hand, he delivers with his right hand. That shows his power. But on the other, it says he holds our right hand, right? God is both intimate and powerful. And that's that's something that we rarely see in people as we look around us. But the God above us is one who holds those attributes together perfectly. Listen, God is more intimate than we often realize and more powerful than we could ever hope for. Isaiah 42 comes and it's fire. Isaiah 42 is fire. Listen, this text is so good, especially how it starts. It says, this is my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. I've put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. Hmm. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. Hmm. He will not break a bruised reed. I love it. And he will not put out a smoldering wick. He will faithfully bring justice. He will not grow weak or be discouraged until he has established justice on the earth. Check it. The coasts and the islands will wait for his instruction or his Torah or his law. Oh my gosh. We could do a whole podcast on this particular uh, passage right here. Uh, But the, but the original language captures the subtlety of this so much more. It says, behold, it's literally look, right? Some translations have an exclamation point because it's, it's this uh, exclamation here, my servant, right? This is, no, no, this is my servant. And this passage is the first of uh, four servant songs, right? So in Isaiah uh, 40 to 55, this section of the book, there's going to be these four servant songs, right? That talk about God's servant, right? And this one, this passage right here, uh, chapter 49, one through six, chapter 54 through six, and then 52, uh, 13 to 53, 12, right? Those are the four servant songs. And so God is going to use this servant. So this is all in the, the prophecy of hope, comfort, and restoration. He's going to use this servant to bring forth justice. Now, the text is clear, right? And at this point, there's a the, there's a multi-dimensional aspect to the prophets, right? So the prophets um, are hard to understand sometimes because it's like, who is the servant, right? Now, in this text, in context, in the immediate context, 41, 8 through 9 says that Israel is his servant, right? So God is going to use Israel, whom he chose, whom he anointed with his spirit, whom he delights in to bring forth justice on earth. Clear, right? He will use them to do this. Check. And what the text says, he will use them to do this to the coast of the islands, the coast of the islands, right? Which is another way of saying the ends of the earth, right? Now, not only that, they, Israel, is going to be a covenant to the peoples and a light to the nations. Verse six. This, in other words, God restoring Israel, redeeming them from exile and giving them the commission he gave their father Abraham. Remember, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless the whole world, all the nations, all the families of the earth through you. Genesis chapter 12, one through three. Remember that he's he's giving them the same commission in Genesis 12. So in other words, God is going to recreate them and recommission them. Right. Recreate, recommission. So God's plan, in other words, has always been a worldwide plan, right? It's always been a worldwide plan. And we know how the story plays out. Israel comes out and they still <laughs> fail, right? So guess who comes and does this? 
The greatest and truest and ultimate Israelite Jesus himself, anointed with the spirit, living under the law, bringing the covenant and light to the Gentiles or the nations. Right? He is Jesus. We'll, we'll learn as we continue to read this text. He is the messianic king of one th uh, chapters uh, one through thirty nine. We talked about this kingdom over and over and over in this king that's coming. But he's also the servant of Isaiah 40 to 66. Right. And we will learn more about this servant. So many good uh, passages in these sections. Right. So for us, listen, the, for us as those who are united to Jesus, who are an extension of Jesus in a sense because of his spirit that has been poured out on us, we are, we are his body, right? The commission has stayed the same. God still wants all nations to come to him to be in relationship with him in covenant. This is why wherever you may be, you are called to compassionately and justly, just like this text says, show those near you the God who has made himself to you, uh, known to you. You are, you, are, you are called to show those near you the God who has made himself known to you. The commission ain't changed, my G. The commission ain't changed. And the New Testament shows us this in so many ways. And this text is going to result in praise. And the next section will bring clarity around why they received judgment in the first place um, and why they even need the servant to rise up um, in the spiritual deafness and blindness. But I love 43. 43 comes in this chapter so hard, bro, because... Um, remember, God keeps saying that he will bring them out of exile and saving them is spoken of as a new exodus. So look at the imagery here. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. This is verse one. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Stop right there. Redeem that that word of redemption comes from the exodus. Right. The, the way redemption is, is spoken of in the Old Testament. Uh, I think we, we first see it in Exodus. Right. In, in, in that event. I've called you by your name. You are mine. Right. Covenant covenant language. I'm yours. You're mine. Uh, Establish at the exodus at well, as well. We see that there. When you pass through the waters, verse two, I will be with you. Stop right there. Just as Israel passed through the waters in Exodus 14, they will do the same figuratively here. Right. While in exile, he is giving them the assurances of hope of a new exodus to keep them from submitting to fear rather than standing firm in faith. And the Lord wants you to do the same thing today. He wants you to do the same thing today, right? Some of us may be going, maybe in a type of exile, a type of affliction, a type of 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 of, of um judgment, season of judgment, whatever that may be. Um, and God is saying, no, no, I want you to stand firm in faith instead of submitting to fear. Look what he says in verse 16. This is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea and a path through raging water. He's going to use the same language again. And as verses five to seven show, he will gather his people from the ends of the earth. This is a full and final climactic restoration that will happen for God's people. He will. He also uses wilderness imagery as well in verse 19 to speak of the way in which he will redeem. Listen, all of this to say that God uh, in his present text desires for his people to as well be his witnesses. He's going to bring up the language of witnesses. They are called to bear witness to the great redemption he's going to accomplish on their behalf, right? And the same is true for you and I. We are witnesses. And Jesus will say in Acts 1 that we are to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. God has the same plan. It's a worldwide plan. And the redemption from exile will enable his people to carry out that plan. And we know that Jesus is the ultimate answer to fulfilling that plan. I love verse 3. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants um, 
and my blessing on your offspring. They will sprout among the grass like poplars by flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will use the name of Jacob. Still another write on his hand, the Lord's and take on the name of Israel. He speaks of the spirit being poured out on his people as a part of this restoration. Listen, this redemption that God brings cannot be divorced from the spirit that God gives. Right. This redemption that God brings can't be divorced from the spirit God gives. God is the one who gives his people the spirit. God is also the incomparable one. Another thing we're going to see over and over um, and another thing that we actually saw in the Exodus as well. Right. Where there is no one who is like you among the gods. Exodus 15 says uh, um, so. So 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 he has this contrast here once again with idols. And then at the end, finally, at the end of the chapter. He goes on to say that um, the, the, the one he's going to use to bring Israel back from exile, listen, would be someone that nobody could ever expect. It would it will be this unexpected person that God would use to raise up to bring his people and redeem his people from exile. He will be the one who will allow Israel to come home to rebuild the temple and restore Jerusalem. And it's and it's Cyrus. Right. It's King Cyrus of Persia. God is not just the God of the nations. That's what he's trying to bring up here. He's not just the God of, of the nations. He is the King of Kings as well. He is the Lord of history who moves it and advances it in a way that we would never expect, right? In a way that we would never expect in a way that we would never draw up or write up, <laughs> but in a way that is always in line with his sovereign plan let's praise god for his unmatched wisdom today father we thank you for your wisdom for your grace to us lord we thank you that your ways are inscrutable father uh, we thank you that uh, you have a plan that can't be touched uh can't even be fully comprehended uh, but we thank you that you've made it known to us by the work of your spirit we pray that we'll praise you today because of this in jesus name